0: I don't know why you're clapping i'm talking about you
1: was that paul washer speaking at the southern baptist convention or what
0: if he was speaking to them i bet he was speaking about them <laughs> because, man wade as much as we usually start out with a little chit chat the, the subject we have before us today is going to take up a lot of time and and i don't want to drag it out any longer than possible it's not a joy to talk about but man yeah. i get, Heard. I mean, obviously, we're getting together to do a podcast on it, but the guidepost report and their findings on the investigation of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention has really been uh, a, a big topic amongst the religious community, and and even in national news outlets, just about every one of them have covered it to some degree.
1: Yes, yes, it's it's really been a a difficult week, to say the least. You know, with the uh, the shooting. In Texas, uh, with uh, so many elementary kids shot and killed, and on on top of that, there this this report that uh, Guidepost uh, released uh, very 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 hard difficult stuff that we're talking about today in the realm of uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. And as you said, this this news broke and in, in every major media outlet that you could think of, a uh, horrible testimony. Uh, if you could give our listeners maybe just a five minute breakdown of what this of this, this report talks about.
0: Right. Um, all right, the, the the report came out of sexual abuse allegations that had been surfacing over and over and over in the convention over the last few years. And so the way the Southern Baptist Convention is structured is money goes from your offering plate if you are in a Southern Baptist church, and it's sent through a thing called the Cooperative Program. The CP would take that money, uh, you would mail it to your local Baptist association. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry, your your state Baptist Convention. So in Arkansas, for example, we would send it to Little Rock. They would take about 45% of the money, use it in Arkansas for salaries there, and then they would send the rest to the executive committee. Once it goes there, it's divided out amongst all of the SBC institutions and entities. It goes to NAM goes to the um international mission board the seminaries and so the investigation is <coughs> man wait i'm a, i've got something in my throat so that money goes to the state convention from there it goes to the executive committee who mm-hmm. f- basically funnels it out and these things are all set they're not making real financial decisions they're handling the day-to-day stuff yeah that committee uh you know ensures the money goes where it needs to go then there is a set of trustees who are, uh, appointed by a committee on committees, who is appointed by whoever the president of that time is. And so it's a rotation. Each president is putting a few people on the committee each year. A few people from past presidents are rotating off. Mm. People were suffering women and some young boys were being abused by their youth leaders, by, uh, pastors. Um, All sorts of people were committing. And and this is really on a really small scale. I mean, there's 40 something thousand Southern Baptist churches. There's about 700 people they've suspected of doing something inappropriate. Out of 42,000 churches over the course of 20 years to have five or 600 bad guys, that's really a drop in the bucket. So we're not saying the Mm SBC is a bunch of pedophiles. Right, right. But people would call the executive committee and say, hey, my youth pastor touched me inappropriately and they wouldn't ever call them back and they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't address them. And so when quizzed about this, the executive committee, I'm talking about the hired people, not the trustees. They said, uh, hey, every church is independent and autonomous. They can do whatever they want. We can't we can't change that. And so they called for a report and they wanted somebody to investigate them, an external group. So they got this group called guideposts. They went in and they interviewed everybody that would let them interview. They asked for anybody that had any, you know, had any involvement in this to come forward. <clears throat> and they conducted a full on investigation and they released those findings in those findings. It was found that Johnny hunt, well-known pastor, former president of the Southern Baptist convention, um, uh, assistant director, vice president of NAM, the North American mission mm-hmm. board, he was found to have tried to initiate a a sexual relationship unwanted you know basically advanced himself on another pastor's wife tried to yeah. groom and seduce her for this that was probably the big bombshell that nobody had heard about all the rest of it was stuff that people had known about people had came forward and they were just being ignored so i read a lot of this report and the the real i guess the, the real takeaway here is Man, it's just a gigantic entity and it, you're going to have some things slip through the cracks. But this report basically said it wasn't slipping through the cracks. It was just blatantly turning a blind eye to it, covering up things mm-hmm. that needed to be covered up, ignoring things that they didn't want to deal with, all for the sake of keeping the convention together.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, the the, the story about Johnny Hunt was was very disappointing. Um I always appreciated his, his sermons. Uh, I attended his Timothy Bar- Barnabas conference back in 2006, I believe it was. Uh, just very disappointing in the fact that all of these allegations took place, uh, while he was, it started when he was SBC president and while he was uh, vice president of the North American Mission Board. Uh, and, and let me just say quickly that all of these allegations have been, uh, confirmed by two and three witnesses right. uh emails things of that nature so it's just not allegation it is it is it's got is very substantial evidence sure. against Dr. Hunt and and many many of the others that are mentioned in this report but i guess the uh the question harold is is this who is to blame in in all of this
0: well i i really think obviously mankind is sinful he's depraved he has a sin nature And Mm -hmm. apart from the grace of God, there's no limit. Apart from the restraint of God, there's no limit to the sins man would commit. So the, the ultimate blame is on the abuser. It's whoever that is abusing these boys, girls, other ladies. Those people are guilty. But it's what you do with the information you receive that would then implicate others. And that's what we're dealing with, in my opinion. So People were charging the executive committee with being, you know, y'all should have fired these pastors. Y'all should have uh terminated these churches. Well, the executive committee doesn't hire pastors. They don't, you know, they don't, this is beyond their realm. Right. But if I were to get information that somebody had sexually molested a, a young boy, I, I would have to, you know, be held accountable for my knowledge of that. And the executive committee is to blame in that they received in information and just didn't want to get involved. And I saw this morning a, a video of a some thug on a subway uh, train going around, grabbing people by the hair, telling them to sit down, kicking the windows, pushing women out of the way. And I thought some man on that subway needs to go up there and put an end to this, if not mm-hmm. every man on the subway. Yeah. And I was just fumed that nobody told this guy to quit pushing women around. Mm. But I would be just as fumed at the executive committee that somebody had been abused and they found out about it and said, well, you know, that would make us look bad if we admitted this was a problem. Right. And so the executive committee is guilty for having knowledge of wrongdoing and not, you know, handling it. So they bear a burden of guilt. But Mm -hmm. the greater burden is really on the church. The church, if they know this, if they know their pastor has done this, they have to make this, they have to make the right decision how to handle it. And I believe Tom Askell, I think you were sharing with me, you know, Tom put out some stuff on Twitter that basically said, you know, there is a chain of command. Mm -hmm. If something is morally wrong, the church needs to address it. If something is legally wrong, you need to call the authorities. And so right. let's just put that scenario in play here, and it, I think it'll help people understand what's going on at at the church I I pastored. One of the the, the the first pastor ever, the founder of the church, ran off with another woman. The internet was new back then; it was when Al Gore first invented it. <laughs> uh, the internet was new, and the uh, the pastor of the church had discovered you could meet women who were interested in discreet relationships over the internet, and so. He was having this, this affair that he had started on the internet back in the mid-90s. And he was going and meeting this lady out of state and having an affair with her. The church happened to have a guy that worked at the phone company. That was back when everything on the internet was on the phone. Mm. And that guy looked it up and went, my stars, who's in Missouri? And why are you in your office at midnight talking to him?" Mm. So it became public knowledge that he was having an affair with a woman in Missouri. He left the church. He just left left his wife, his kids sitting on the front row. I quit and he, he, he left. Yeah. 25 years later, I get a phone call from a church in Illinois. What do you know about brother? So-and-so. And And I'm like, for real? And they said, well, it says the last church he pastored was there. This is on his resume. I'm like, ma'am, did, did you know that he ran away with another woman? And she was like, I had no idea. I didn't know he was divorced. I said, he didn't put any of this on his resume. No. Okay, the next, I tell her the whole story. The next day, I get a phone call from this man. How Mm -hmm. dare you tell them? I said, buddy, I'm not going to lie. This is a moral issue. You left this church on bad terms long before I came, but I'm aware of it. It's not against the law to have an affair in your wife. It's not against the law to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. These are moral issues the church needs to be aware of and open and honest about. Now, if that takes place, Churches ought to do their due diligence to figure out where this guy came from, why he left, what went on there. It, it, this just takes time, and churches don't do it. The other side of the coin is if if this was an underage woman or an underage man or boy, mm-hmm. this is a legal issue. This is not a church we forgive them kind of thing. Somebody needs to call the cops. This guy needs to be investigated as a child molester. Or if this guy's raping grown women, same way. This is rape. This is not a, a matter of church um preference. This is against the law. Right. And so churches failed to report sex offenders in order not to be embarrassed for what happened to cover face. The executive committee didn't want this stuff to go public to save face. Mm-hmm. And so they all blame, I mean, they are all to blame. And really. The Southern Baptist Convention at large is to blame because it has not taught the responsibility and role of a church. Churches in the convention, their ecclesiology, their study of the church is so deficient. They don't understand autonomy, they don't understand uh, responsibility and authority. And the reason being, if you were to recover in the Southern Baptist Convention, A healthy church ecclesiology, a healthy understanding of church, you'd have to remove about, I don't know, 10 or 12 million non-existent members who haven't attended any of your churches. That's right. And because they've turned a blind eye to that in order to get their numbers up, because they're trying to sweep bad things under the rug to keep the appearance of good, those chickens have come home to roost. Mm Mm-hmm. And the blame is on the church, the individual and the executive committee for covering it up.
1: Right. Right. And I think one of the reasons why there would be any cover up is because they're trying to protect protect the system, protect the the denomination and all of the money that is really uh, that this denomination takes in annually. I, I was doing some research, and I found that in 2019, 2020, uh, the churches, the Southern Baptist churches, gave over $10 billion. Wow. Billion dollars through the corruptor program. I, I had no idea it was that much money, $10 billion. And that's one year. That's one year. So that that's just, that's crazy. Um,
0: I That's enough money cor- to corrupt somebody, you know it?
1: Oh man. Corrupt a lot of folks, you know, uh, the North American mission board has $470 million just in assets alone.
0: Wow. Out of that almost a half a billion dollars in assets. Yes. Yes. And how's that broke up? Like, is that just all buildings or is that cash and buildings investments
1: out of that 470 million, $17 million is cash on hand. Uh, another majority another uh, part of that is in stocks and bonds and securities real estate
0: here's my question wade why does a mission agency need stocks and bonds and i understand you need a little real estate to operate in you need places to put people up when they travel i got that but why do you need investments if people were giving their money for you to to plant churches in north america why are you trying to make money on your investments i, mm-hmm. I do not Oh, is this a business or is is this uh Baptist? I, I'm, yeah. I'm The point here,
1: yeah, it that's a good question. And my question would be, what are you investing in that's making money? Um, no kidding. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's operated has to be operated like a business. You got that much money, you're gonna have CEOs, you're gonna have presidents and vice presidents, and
0: and that's how they justify the large salaries they pay their executive heads. Yeah. Right. What about the International Mission Board? I mean, international is a smaller segment of missions, and we're talking about just North America. International missionary uh, mission is the IMB is is global.
1: Yes, yes, and and I was uh, I gave you the wrong numbers on that. Uh, the North American Mission Board total assets is two hundred twenty eight million. Wow. Two hundred twenty eight million. The IMB International Mission Board. Is 470 million in total assets. Man. So I got those uh, entities uh, messed still, up yeah. there.
0: If you put the two entities together and call it missions, there's three quarters of a billion dollars in cash, stocks, bonds, and buildings.
1: Mm hmm. Yes. And that's not counting um, all, all the seminary, uh, at Southern Baptist seminaries. There's five of those. Five of those. All those buildings, all, all the real estate. Uh, how about Guidestone, you know, the, 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 annuity, thing. the, the, annuity yes, uh, it's worth billions of dollars uh, alone. So the entity, the, de- the denomination is a multi multi billion with a B industry, uh, industry denomination. And so if there's any up, uh, any protection, that's, that's why they want to protect that. Right. Uh, so we, we, we've talked about. Who's to blame? We've talked about the uh, money aspect of it. I, I guess the biggest question is this: how how do Southern Baptists fix this?
0: Huh. Well, uh, you know, if we had the answer to that, we would probably we should probably run for president. You know, <laughs> uh, let's let's just talk about what the two guys that are the front runners for president. I think there's three guys running, but I haven't heard anybody talk about candidate number three, Ross Perot. So, yeah, Ross Perrell, that's right. He's a <laughs> conservative buster. Um, let's talk about Tom Askell and Bart Barber. Now, Tom put out a post the other day that basically said, This is tragic, this is horrific, uh, the trustee system is broken, and we've gotta we've gotta make a change. And I would say if you elect Tom Askell, you are making some sort of a change. Tom is a very upstanding guy. You and I have a real high view of Tom Askell. Yes. Bart Barber comes out and says uh, he writes a much more polished piece of work. I mean, it's much bigger. Tom tweeted his out in like five tweets.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bart yeah. writes a full yeah. page. And, right. But I've found that, you know, when I look at Bart and I, I just, I just view him, it, it's the typical, it's kind of like the, uh, it, it's the Joe Biden approach. Hey, it's going to be all right. I'm Joe Biden. I'm going to come in. <laughs> we're going to fix this. It's no big deal. Hey, Build back better. Yeah, we're gonna build back better, bro. Hey, listen, <laughs> corn pop was a bad dude. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 incoherent, but it's not bad. And so Bart Barber comes out and says, This is wrong. I love survivors, I feel guilty myself. I should do more. We're gonna do better.
3: Yeah. yeah. I just
0: saved you reading an entire page from Bart Barber. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. We're just gonna do better. We're gonna say we're sorry, and we're gonna do better. Here's the problem. That I see. And I'm on the outside looking in. I'm not in the convention. You're not in the convention. We've been at right. the convention. Both of us have pastored. Southern Baptist Church is mm-hmm. plural, multiple. We know how it works. You can't just change the name of the guy that's the president and expect the problem to be fixed. Right. You can't just come out and say, oh, well, we're gonna elect Tom Askell and and he's gonna fix it. It doesn't work that way. Look look at President Trump. You know, Trump was gonna He's going to make America great again. You know what Trump mm-hmm. did? He he just showed everybody how far in the toilet America already was. Right. He was unable to lift it out of the swamp because when he got up there, he realized both sides of the coin
4: mm-hmm. is just
0: bad. The Republicans didn't get behind him. Right. They sat on their hands. Then they lost the House and the Senate. What do you think's going to happen if Tom Askell is elected? Do you think that people are going to just throw down their ties to a $10 billion organization with, with three quarters of a billion dollars in, in mission money and assets sitting out there and go, well, Tom's in, it's over. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys, take your church and go home. It's the, yeah. People are not going to lay down their guns because you've elected somebody. If you elect Bart Barber. Nothing's gonna change. If you elect Tom, nothing's gonna change. And I'll tell you why. Tom says the Southern Baptist Convention, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he said it multiple times. The Southern Baptist Convention is a big organization. They're they're designed to move slowly, they're not designed to move quickly. It takes 20 years to turn this around. Well, what happened about 20 or 30 so odd years ago? We had a conservative resurgence. Mm -hmm. How'd that work out? Yeah. It didn't. That's the problem. We we elected conservative president after conservative president after conservative president. We ran out liberal professors from our seminaries. Well, here we are, 30 years later, and our seminaries are still full of woke CRT intersectionality professors. I was talking to a pastor this week from the the uh, BMA, the Baptist Missionary Association, not affiliated with Southern Baptists. And I I said, what do you think about what you're seeing? You know, I mean, I have my opinions. I talked to several pastors this week. He said, if your convention has to have a 10 year revival or 20 year revival where there has to be a big knockdown drag out and a complete and total reform, and we're going to turn it around. And and that goes on about every on a 10 year cycle. He said, there's something wrong with your convention. Mm -hmm. Wade, I think that is exactly it. You're not going to fix this with a trustee system. Yeah, president is not going to appoint a committee, and the committee is going to appoint people to boards and trustees. And over time, they're going to put good people on the boards, and bad people are going to be voted out. And here's why that's a problem. There's $10 billion a year cycling through there. Money and power corrupt good people.
2: Mm-hmm. King
0: David was a great king until he got a palace for himself and lives for himself and peace on his borders. And he's fooling around with Bathsheba and has Uriah killed.
4: Right. Right.
0: That's what's happened in the Southern Baptist Convention. Good people have risen to power in the convention. But that kind of money, that kind of power, that kind of of influence corrupts good people. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do I think you fix it? I don't think you can. I don't think people are going to just throw their hands up and walk away from a $10 billion a year organization. Yeah. Right. or be Because they're, they're after money, Wade. It may be because they're after influence. They get interviewed on CNN. They get, you know, they get published in the Washington post. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's such a big entity. You can't just expect, well, we got a few new trustees. It's all okay.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe the way you fix it is you take, Names like uh, Paige Patterson and Johnny Hunt's uh, dorms and auditoriums take those names off. How, how, what about that? Would that work?
0: <laughs> well, you're you're pointing out that I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Here's what happened. OK, so in the report, Paige Patterson covered up a Dr. Gilliard. And I, I don't know Dr. Gilliard much about him. I, I really could care less. But Dr. Gilliard had ended up with like 44 counts of sexual abuse against him over the course of his ministry as a seminary professor and as a pastor, he ends up going to Florida and getting arrested and convicted of two counts of having sexual contact with underage minors. Okay. All the time building up to this Paige Patterson was hiding, you know, and telling people, Dr. Gilliard's a good man. Don't believe any of that's not true. And Patterson knew it was true. Everybody mm-hmm. knew it was true. Mm-hmm. Here's the interesting thing to me. Gilliard goes to prison for sexual abuse, gets out of prison, ends up pastoring a Southern Baptist church. How, did, how, how is the church so stupid that they hire a sex offender who's registered right out of prison back into mm-hmm. the pulpit? Is that mm-hmm. Patterson's fault? No, that church is dumb. Right. So Patterson covers that up. Hunt, meanwhile, is having affairs with women. He's running around with Robbie Zacharias. They've got a Ravi has a a health spa in Georgia and and uh, Johnny Hunt's going there. Well, now that Ravi Zacharias died, all these women come out and said they're trafficking women through this health spa. And Mm. it's like Epstein's Island. Well, who's going? It's not Bill Clinton. It's Johnny Hunt.
3: Yeah. Johnny
0: Hunt looks really bad right now. Yes. I don't disagree with that. Uh, But fast forward to what you're talking about. Danny Aiken is the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, one of the five Southern Baptist seminaries, he comes out and says, uh, I've decided that we're not, we're going to take down Johnny Hunt's name from the Johnny Hunt Hall or dorms or whatever, and and we're going to take down Patterson Hall. We're going to change the name of that. And I've I've made this decision. And then in October, the trustees are going to approve that. Mm -hmm. Whoa, time out. You made this decision now, and you made it all public, and everything's been told what you've done, and the trustees are not coming in until October. So are you just expecting them to rubber stamp what you've already done? Mm. If the trustee system is these guys oversee what's going on, how can you expect these trustees to come in and disagree with you when you've publicly committed them to following you? Right. Right. and and so in this report, this was one of the things that was clearly recognized. The committees, they interviewed the people that served on this, you know, this appointed committee. And they said, look, we were just coming in and, and it's confusing They're executive committee trustees. And then there's an executive committee. The committee is paid people that work for the Southern Baptist Convention. The trustees are appointed people who come in and kind of oversee it as a board. Mm hmm. The trustees would come in and they all said, we felt like everything had been decided. We were just to show up and rubber stamp it. The committee had already decided what they were going to do. Most of the the trustees had no idea that the sexual abuse things were coming across their desk. They weren't, they never heard them because Mm -hmm. the committee decided what they could and couldn't see. This is why you're not going to fix this with a trustee system, right? Trustees are working for the committee, not for the convention. And and the Southern Baptists have always said, well, the headquarters of the Southern Baptist Convention is the local church. I pity your ignorance if you really believe that. I pity your your naiveness if you really think you and the Southern Baptist Convention have some way of being in your church and your church just going to flip this around. Every Mm -hmm. time. Every time that people have showed up for the convention with something they felt like needed to be said from the floor, they were ruled out of order. Yeah. You can't say that. You can't say that unless that person was part of the good old boy system mm-hmm. Had the higher ups said it was okay, then he could walk up to the mic, make a resolution, and it would all go right through and everything would be fine. Yeah. The committees <laughs> are ruling the trustees. The seminaries are ruling the boards that are appointed to oversee them and the figureheads, whether it be Tom Askell or Bart Barber are just that they're two sides of the same coin. They're both willing to cover up anybody in anything. I'm not a puning Tom Askell. That's going to cover this up, but Tom Askell's one person, right? The rest of this convention is will do anything to keep the system in place. I've, yeah. I've asked Tom, I've said, Tom, What's it going to take for you to leave the convention? Mm -hmm. He's never told me he he has no line (laughs) in the sand that he can cross. And the reason he doesn't is because he can't leave the convention. Right. If you're so attached to something, you can't walk away from it. You really can't can't serve it. Sure. You can't lead it as you should. Yeah. If if you can't walk away from the church, you pastor, if, if it's, you know, on fire and going downhill and you can't turn it around. If you're not willing to say, I've done all I can, I need to go somewhere else. You're never gonna lead that church. You're just gonna to continue to go along to get along. hmm And that's yeah. what we've seen in the executive committee. That's what we'll see if they ever investigate NAM. That's what we'll see if they ever investigate the IMB. Any all these investigations, because all of these people, Wade, are cross tied. Sure. Patterson's was a president of the Southern Baptist Convention and the head of two different seminaries. Yes. It's man, it's it's just uh, it's like trying to figure out what's wrong with a with well, the honeysuckle thicket the vines grow in every direction
1: right right and, and you said it power and money corrupts and uh, a lot of these uh, folks who were involved in these these uh, sexual uh relations were were in power and and it's very very difficult to, to even fathom but you know the apostle paul told timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16 he said take heed to yourselves Or to yourself. In other words, pay attention to yourself. Uh, keep watch over yourself and your doctrine. And and that's where I, I would say to any pastor listening or to any lay church member that if it could happen to Johnny Hunt or Paige Patterson, these, uh, you know, tremendously used men. Right. Um, it can happen to, to, to me. It happened to you. Yeah. Pay attention to yourself.
0: You know, one of the things I want to say, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church from the time I was in about the seventh grade on, I was always a member of Southern Baptist church. I grew up hearing about a man named Judge Paul Presler. And I i mean, he was the great stalwart of the, the conservative resurgence. And, you know, we owe a lot of gratitude to him. Well, come to find out, Judge Paul is uh, currently in a, a lawsuit. Because he's abused teenage boys, and he's a child molester. And this is not the first accusations made against him. These accusations go all the way back and through and during the conservative resurgence. And everybody in the conservative resurgence, which we would look back and say, those were the good guys. They all turned a blind eye to Judge Presler's sexual problem in order to keep him in power and keep things going. When you are willing to overlook sin and you are willing to to to, to not, and, and this is probably why I think it's condemning. It's one thing, and 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 I would say Tom Askell, if he knew this, would say that's wrong, that's wicked. But there comes a point in time where you can only say that's wrong and that's wicked so many times and stay there
2: mm-hmm.
0: and not right. fix it. Yes. And whoever, whoever is elected as president, if you genuinely want to fix this, you need to come up with another system of government. How you're going to funnel $10 billion through the local church, I don't know. But the flow is reversed. It needs to run through a local church, not mm-hmm. local churches running it through a committee that is op- that is under the check of trustees who are appointed by a committee who are appointed by an elected president. That's asinine. Yes, That's why we're yes. in the shape we're in. As a, a, When we look at this, that's why these reports are coming out. It's going to take more, Wade. It's going to take way more than just electing Tom Askell. And if I were Tom, and I I mean, I have nothing but the best thoughts of Tom, but I also know Tom has no thoughts of ever leaving the convention. And if that's the case, there needs to be another plan of government. There needs to be a fundamental revolution in the way the Southern Baptist Convention is operated.
1: Yes. And that Southern Baptist Convention meets in a little over two weeks in Anaheim, California. And it's going to be a very uh, volatile meeting. Well, they'll they'll make think.
0: resolutions. They'll resolve. Oh yeah. Th- and, and they'll they'll pledge.
1: Absolutely, lots of rev- uh, resolutions. This, uh, but there needs, like you said, needs to be some revolutions, not resolutions. Right? That's correct. It, it, yeah. And
0: I don't know what that looks like, but either way, you're going to have to lose some people. You're going to have to lose mm-hmm. some money. You're going to have to give up some things because you can't have a tent this big. And not have a few clowns under it.
1: Sure, sure, that's right. And we're probably going to have a special podcast episode uh, the uh, the day after the convention votes for president, and uh, we'll give you our thoughts as to who won and uh, the the future of the convention. Um, I, I I have a opinion as to who's going to win and and what happens if uh, if who this. Who do you want uh, to win, Wade? Well. I want uh, Tom Askell to mm-hmm. win. Okay. T- um, I, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I'm, that
0: doesn't make you real like, oh boy, Tom's going to get in. It's all <clears> going to be fixed.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I don't see him winning. Um, but I do hope he wins. Uh, and I, and I, I believe that if, if, if he doesn't win, I believe he pulls out. I believe this is, this is it.
0: I would admire him if he did. I would question why he stayed in. Yeah. Uh, I it's, it's just not sustainable. You know, how do we fix it? Uh the SBC's broken. How do we fix it? I, I don't think you can mm-hmm. I, I think Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. I don't think yeah. anybody can put him back together again. I I right. don't think this would ever work out right. Right. If you if you study the history of the triennial Baptist Convention, which began in eighteen fourteen and that's what Southern Baptists came out of. Mm-hmm. If you look at the triennial convention, it was not but about three or four years old and money was being misapplied. The college was in the red. Their newspaper wasn't being funded properly. Money was missing. It was just chaos from the beginning. Churches have their problems. But when churches delegate their responsibilities to outside entities, their problems are magnified. Mm -hmm. And where money pulls up to the, the levels that you read to us. My, I mean, there's just yeah. no way that you're going to to vote that out. We saw that with the presidential election. Sure. You're not going to elect a president that's going to go to Washington, D.C. and fix everything. Right. You can elect a good one, but the real reform has to take place some other way.
1: hmm Yes. Well, Harold, thanks so much for really all, all of the work that you put into reading the uh, report and, uh, you know, your your take on it. I, I do pray that all those who hear us, that you hear our hearts, that we, uh, we're we long time Southern Baptist pastors who are no longer in the convention, but we hope and pray for the best of the convention, uh, for the glory of God. And, uh, and so we, we pray that this episode is a help and it gives you a better sense of how you should pray for the convention in the days to come. But thanks for joining us. May the Lord bless you. Until next time. God bless.
4: God bless you.